Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Broadcast, episode number 370. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 25th, 2018. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're about to head into summer, which means it's time for summer movies, which means it's time for annual summer blockbuster movie bracket buster. Yeah, we don't have a title, co- title coming soon. Okay, because I was like, it, always just, it has to just come to me, Paul. I okay, I can't force it. Yeah, I mean, so far it's just titled 18. <laughs> Eight, 18, because this isn't the 18th one we've done. I think this is what, the 6th mm-hmm. or 7th? Well, that, that's why there's an apostrophe for 2018, you know? Yeah. We have an argument every year about when do we start it and we used to always say well it starts with the first movie in may which is always a marvel movie but with them pushing it forward we're actually having to start it in april and we took a look at april movies and nothing really shined for us to add to april so we'll have the avengers movie in april and then everything else will be from may we do to isn't super, super troopers is on there though yeah and that starts oh that started oh we did throw Friday. that in there yeah, Super Troopers was the official kickoff. Well, I'm wrong. Nobody listened to me. <laughs> well, I think it always seemed like, okay, the first weekend of May, that's when the big summer movies start, because that's when Marvel just kind of had that market cornered. So it became a thing of, well, when does it actually start now? Is it that first weekend in May, or is it when the first Marvel movie comes out? And I I think it's the Marvel movie, because they can just they bully the, the release counter. They do what they want. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I started making the push because the Fast and the Furious movies were making so much money in April, like that last week of April yeah. that we probably should have started it there because they were opening with, you know, close to $100 million or over $100 million, depending on the movie. So I'm like, that's a really big box office take for opening weekend. That That is like more than triple of some of the lesser movies that come out in August that we have on the yeah. list, you know? And I think a lot of the movie companies are getting away from putting their movie out during the summer. Um, I mean, we even have Transformers, November, um, other Marvel movies, February, October. Like, a lot of the companies are getting away from trying to do the summer blockbuster and just have, oh, this oh. is actually a good time to do a movie. Let's do it I, now. I wish I could remember if I read an article about that or if I listened to a podcast about that. Where it was basically just kind of discussing the fact that there's no real movie season anymore. Where studios are finally starting to realize, if you put out a good movie any time of the year, people will go see it. There's no reason just to say like, oh, well, it's January. Let's just dump this off into here. Because if you have something good, you can put it out in January. And then everyone will go see it. And then you will make money. (laughs) Like, look at what Deadpool did. Deadpool came out Valentine's Day. It's like the highest grossing movie in February of all time. Highest grossing like R rated movie. Like it's not because it came out in February that people went to see it. People went to see it because of what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Thoughts. Some thoughts. Uh yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I think with the with the fact that we study quote unquote the summer movie the summer movies for the last, you know, six, seven years we have really kind of looked at like, oh, well, this is going to be good. This is going to be bad. Sometimes we shoot with our gut and our, or our heart, and sometimes we're like, well, no, I really think this movie's going to suck. And very 
it's not often that we're really surprised on how bad something does. Um, last summer, I know that we were off on a lot of things that we thought we were going to do well that didn't do well. Uh, pirates being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's just Marvel's ego right now. Like, because they're like, oh, Deadpool, that's cute. He came out in February. We got Black Panther. And we're just going to destroy things in February, right? The Black Panther came out in Feb. Yep. Yeah, it came out in February. And then uh, they're like, oh, Fast and the Furious, you own this month? You own uh, Fe- you own March or April? Uh, we'll, we'll bring the Avengers up then. And we're going to now own April. It's like... Well, sometimes... I think, too, for them, like they have to kind of space out their movies just to give them that breathing room if they're going to be putting three yeah. out in a year. Like you have to give it some gumption. But then I don't blame them at all for bumping up Avengers to April just to give Solo ride some those more. coattails. And then, yeah, give Solo that space, too. But it seems like they, they want to... They're slowly building out both ways, you know, backwards from May and also forward from July, where they got August. And, honey, I wouldn't, uh, because I got stuff in those pockets, so I'm, I'm going to rewear this. Kate is coming to, up to do laundry. <laughs> stuff out of pockets. And uh, I got a lot of screws and stuff in those pockets. I find them in the laundry constantly. Yeah, I know you find them in the laundry constantly. Sorry, guys, this is... This is crazy talk. This is all good podcasting. Uh, I'm going to text my wife to bring me in that glass of water now. <laughs> and yell at her about it. <laughs> thank, thank you for doing laundry, hon. I do appreciate it. But I'm just worried. Tell John and Chris I said thank you for saying thank you. <laughs> Those are really important screws. He can't lose them. Mm-hmm. They need to be in that pocket. Pretty much, guys. Come on. Pretty much. How it is. Anyways, but yeah, we'll talk okay. more about movies when we get into it. Because we have some... Uh, stuff to talk about first yeah, yeah. and uh i don't know about you guys but i'm starting my day with a- after having a stomach bug yesterday with a beer hmm. and i am having uh from lagunitas brewery born again yesterday their unfiltered ale this beer comes in at 7.2 um this is a uh harvest fresh hop wet hop beer and um as always it is uh, nice and juicy and an enjoyable drink. Um, this year, um, little on the back end, it's a little light, um, but it's still a great drinking beer. Uh, Twelve pack for nineteen ninety nine. Um, delicious. Just came out this week. I. What's the other? Uh, there's born again or born yesterday and born again. Born again and th- yesterday. And then there's. Oh, born again yesterday, and then there's uh, what the twelfth of never. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I enjoy the twelfth of never. Twelfth of never is just a, it's just a, an ale, just a, like a pale ale. Yeah. And, but that a, comes, it's a, it's a year round beer, and it's also, but it's also uh, around that same price point, right? For the twelve pack, uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's more around fifteen ninety nine. Oh, uh, okay. Because um, they have two tiers for their twelve packs. Um, fifteen ninety nine and nineteen ninety nine. Usually, the limited stuff like um, uh, the double dry hop censor, censored ale that they put out this year was nineteen ninety nine. They have uh, uh, something ale that is nineteen or uh, fifteen ninety nine for twelve pack cans, and I I believe twelfth and ever is the fifteen ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that. You know, when I when I go up to the uh, beer store, 
I usually look at those two, and for whatever, you know, they're pretty close in how I like them, you know. And uh, I just enjoy uh, the 12th and Never just a tiny bit more in the 12-pack can, so I, uh, it's not a draw for me, this this special release. Born again. And what was a draw for you uh, today? Since I had a stomach bug yesterday, and I... And I have a weaker stomach than John, a weaker constitution. Uh, I've I, taken two. I've taken two baby sips out of the spirit. I probably okay. won't drink anymore. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I decided to do with go with a tea review, which we've all. I think we've all done that in the past. And maybe I believe so. Maybe John hasn't. But I'm drinking uh, some uh, stash tea, and this is uh, Christmas in Paris, also known as Noël El Paris. Uh, this is a. 100% natural ingredient flavored herbal tea. Uh, and this has got uh, flavored with cocoa shells, peppermint, lavender, chocolate flavor, and vanilla ex- extract. And uh, I get a lot of the chocolate up front, some lavender as I'm speaking into my cup. Um, a little bit, but more of chocolate and vanilla on the nose and just the hint of peppermint on the aftertaste. It's actually uh, quite nice. I like the mint in the tea for my stomach right now. And... Uh, I don't know. My cup is almost empty, and I might have to get another another tea for later on. You you can do that. Mm-hmm. You're you're a wild man. I Paul. think I have a lemongrass and ginger tea, which will probably go really nice with my Ooh, uh, that'd stomach. Good. That'd be good for your tummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. Drink it hot. Uh, the colder it gets, uh, the more chocolate flavor comes out. But it's an enjoyable tea. It normally comes out near Christmas, and we still have it because we don't drink tea all that often here. So, Chris, what are you uh, what are you drinking? Anything, bud? Uh, I I have a couple beers to get through today. I thought about not drinking because you guys weren't, but then I was like, Nah, why not? I'm I'm not sick. Yeah. Uh, so my first beer, we're starting a little bit earlier than we normally do. It's uh, eleven thirty. Well, it's quarter after 12 now. It's quarter after 12 now, but I mean, we always have our bullshit before we get going. <laughs> um, but this is from Saugatuck Brewing in uh, Douglas, Michigan. I used to be able to find them up in uh, Grand Rapids when I lived there. And I was surprised to see that they had two different beers from Saugatuck at my beer store that I go to. And I haven't had this one before, so I picked up a six-pack of it. And it's their Blueberry Maple Stout, uh, 6% ABV. It has a lumberjack on the bottle eating a stack of blueberry pancakes and that's kind of what it tastes like nothing really overpowers anything else in this beer it's just a really nice well-rounded flavor you get that little bit of maple you get some blueberry tart uh the stout just kind of like rounds out clean at the back end it's it's very nice this is the third one of these i've had now and it's not too big of an abv that i'm not worried about drinking this and then my next beer, and then maybe something else later if we keep going. I don't know, but it's just del- delightful. I would love to have this with pancakes. Mm. I like or waffles, you know. Yeah. Uh, the actually one of the only things I really have enjoyed from um, what's the brewery on uh, Niagara Street that resurgence? Uh, resurgence, yeah, resurgence. They're they're bourbon aged Irish breakfast stout, which yeah. I enjoy. That yeah, one, it's one of their and, better ones. And that one I would eat. I actually have brought over, uh, I think, once or twice on e- for Easter brunch with with my family. And my parents enjoy it, too, because I you know, like, well, might stop by like later on in the week and it's already gone. And my parents are like, yeah, we finished it last night. I'm like, all right, makes sense. 
because it is delicious for, and it does work well with breakfast. That you know that maple. Yeah, so, delightful. I'm gonna I have, have this with some sausage, maybe even. Ooh, I'll have to try to. But, figure that but out. you know who won't be having any sausage anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Vern Troyer, because he passed away yesterday at the age of 49. What? Is he related to sausage at all, or was that just? I, well, no, because I don't know what his relationship is with sausage, besides the fact that now he's dead and he won't be able to eat it anymore. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. Can, can I honestly say, like last week, I saw like a um, a very short person getting into a big truck, and it made me think of Vern Troyer, and I thought to myself, "Hey, how is that guy still alive?" Because he had that weird porno that came out that he, like, his sex tape came out a few years ago, and it was just like, man, that guy is still kicking around? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else he's been in besides, like, the uh, Austin Powers movie, and then he was one of the goblins in Harry Potter, but <laughs> he's he's not, like, an ever-present pop culture person. Like, yeah. He might have been in, like, one of those Slub reality shows, but yeah, no. I I really have nothing to say. You know, it's anytime we lose somebody, it's sad. But I don't think the I, only way the only way I could celebrate his life, uh, since I don't own any of the Austin Powers movies, I don't think anyone ever does. I think those are just movies that you saw in the theaters and then you watch them when they play on TBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the video for. Uh, Ludacris's number one spot, which was on the Austin Powers Spy Who Shagged Me soundtrack. So I watched the video for that. There you go. Uh, to celebrate his life. I I'm, bought I bought a used copy of Gold Member because I hadn't I didn't see the movie, and then it was like you know three ninety nine, and I was like, oh, that's cheaper than renting it. I'll just buy it. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched it, and then I had it for like a year, and then I threw it out. Mm-hmm. It was only three ninety nine. So. Yeah, yeah. I got my money's worth, and and you did the right thing. You just threw it out. I saw it uh, at the drive in, and I'm like, wow, they are just recycling jokes, and it's not any good. Like this is played out now. This is over. But people, people saw those movies though. I think they all did pretty well. I'm surprised that you know Mike Myers hasn't continued on with that trend. Hey, people still say like, yeah, baby. And you, you, when they do that, you're just like, wait, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why did you say that? Like that? It's better than was up. I will definitely agree with that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like with Yeah Baby, you you know you're making like a dated reference. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So Austin Powers, uh, Spy Who Shagged Me, $206 million. Gold Member, $213 million. Uh Osmar's International Man of Mystery, $53 million. Hmm. So they, the first one is the one that did the worst. And then, like, the ones after that all did, like, four times as much. Right. Yeah. Last one came out in 2002. We might be ready for a <laughs> Austin Powers renaissance. A, a, a reboot? A reboot. Wow. Uh, no. A reshagging. Um, I, I, I'm not ready for it, and I don't want it. I mean, nobody's ever really ready for it. <laughs> Uh, the other uh, other news that I had is um, the Wine Stefan Brewery is about to turn 1,000. Uh, this is a M- Munich, Germany brewery. 
Um, I don't have the exact year that it started in. So it'll be a thousand years ago. Well, a thousand years, right. Uh, But one of the things that I thought was really interesting, in its first 400 years, uh, (laughs) the the monastery was burned completely down four times, uh, endured the plague three times, suffered the effects of one massive destructive earthquake, and during this time, the monastery was destroyed and plundered time and time again by the Swedes, French, and Austrians. But the monks still rebuilt the monastery and continued brewing the beer. Ah, so they're kind of impressive. They kept on rebuilding it, so it's not actually a thousand years old. Well, it's the fact that for a thousand years, it's continuously been operated as a brewery. So even in that time that they were still building it, they probably were still making beer, the Weinstefan beer. Uh, but yeah, I just um, I just thought in their first four hundred years of existence, they had a lot of shit happen to them. I can uh, I recognize their their label. I think I can find their stuff here. It's I don't know. I might try to find some of it for for next week just to have it. Yeah, it's I mean just, it's all definitely like German style, like. Hefeweizens, Dunkeld, like Weiss beer. Uh, Lagers and Pilsners. And they're just a crisp, clean, there's nothing um, There's nothing bad about the beer. There's nothing, like, outstanding. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's a really clean-tasting lager. They they actually have a collaboration with Sierra Nevada called the Brow Pact. Yes. <laughs> the, the logo for it's a bear in, like, monk robes. He's doing, like, the hang loose sign with his... His front uh, the uh, the normal like if you go there's a picture of their brewery mascot and it's like a, a bear with like a a two barrels hanging off of either side of them two beer barrels. Hmm. Oh yeah, see right it's on the uh, Corbinon. Corbinon. Nice. I uh, I'm intrigued now. I just want to taste beer from a thousand year old brewery. Yeah. Would you be tasting that while watching your new favorite show on Netflix? Lost in Space? Yeah, which is already... Uh, oh, go ahead. Because No. Uh, if the second season comes out soon, <laughs> I haven't heard anything about it yet, because I watched it all within, like, two and a half days. Like, I, I was off Thursday and Friday from work, so I basically just kind of started the uh, the episodes then and would knock out, like, two or three and watch the last one last night. Oh. It's really good. Now, what are you going to say? Don't... Okay. Uh, co-creator Matt uh, Sesamon, while talking to IndieWire, said, uh, we are working on the scripts, and hopefully, if we get a green light, we're ready to go. He's, he said, uh, we've had a lot of thoughts about it, and hopefully, if everybody watches it, we'll get to see more adventures of the Robinsons, because we do have some crazy stuff planned out there, and ho- really hope we get to film. And, like, at least on my social network... Uh, everybody has been talking this uh, up. That everybody's been watching it. Chris, you burned through it, so I don't think we're we got to worry. Well, I'm surprised because I watched it because John said like, "Oh yeah, it's really good production values or like movie quality." And I started watching. I was like, "Yes, okay, I will watch all of this now." Uh, so I was shocked that you hadn't finished it yet. <laughs> Uh, well, I started watching it. I watched episode one and two, and then I told my wife, hey, this this is a nice show we, for us to sit and watch in the evenings together, uh, catch up on episode one and two, and she never got around to it. So then yesterday, while I was feeling lousy and I didn't really mind what I was watching, I said, hey, let's 
let's watch, uh, I'm going to make you watch this. And we watched the first two episodes this morning while we had breakfast. We watched uh, episode three. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be the one that by the end of the week we'll have seen them all. Like, we'll watch two episodes in the evening. And then when it's over, we'll be like, oh, man, we should have spaced those out more. But, uh, yeah, we both really enjoyed it. She's not – she knows nothing about the TV series. And I summed it up in, like, two sentences uh, <laughs> for her. And then, and then like, when, like, the robot came, she was like, oh, that's their pet robot? And I was like, yeah, that's their pet robot. Yep, babe, you're right. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a couple things. Like, she was like, oh, uh, Danger Will Robinson. I know that. I know that from nomenclature. So, yeah, we're uh, we're enjoying it. I've I've enjoyed it enough to watch it twice, uh, the first two episodes twice. So yeah, it's good. That first episode is really intense too. So much happens in it. Yeah, and that's, and then like at the end, I'm like, wow, it was only an hour long. Yeah, uh, I think that's what's really nice is they give enough nice little snippets of backstory that you get the characters and the um, the interaction between the sisters. I think is really uh, well done. And um, everybody does a great job. And, like, they're changing up the roles slightly. But I think it works for the story they're telling and in that in that world. Yeah, I, I appreciate the show. I like that it's PG. It's not, like, PG-13 even. I mean, it's intense in spots, but it is family safe. Might not necessarily be family friendly uh, at some points because of the intensity of it. But I would have been all about the show, like as a kid. Uh, I don't want to spoil things for you, but I did want to text you and be like, "Wow, this is kind of like Lost in space," because you're getting flashbacks throughout the whole series that kind of reveal more about the characters. Uh, I I really dig it. I, I hope they do more. That's cool. Yeah. So it looks like they will be doing more. They already got the scripts kind of written. So hopefully. Uh Netflix will realize that we want it, so therefore they'll make it. Netflix has all that money they're throwing at people, so mm-hmm. as well. And the other thing uh, that got <clears throat> kind of uh, released on the internet was uh, Lauren S. His- Hisrich uh, on Twitter was talking about uh, the upcoming uh, Witcher series on Netflix, and they say that the the eight series eight eight issue script or eight episode scripts have been all written. Uh, one through seven are you know polished, so they're just working on some more polishing on seven and eight, and they uh, should be start to film soon and hopefully start releasing in 2020, one year after Game of Thrones ends. So I think that's kind of the right call. You kind of want to, I would want to see some space between this and uh, Game of Thrones. It's a video game series. I started playing the first one, you know, maybe got four hours into it and just you know, on the PC never really got into it. I own all three of them because, you know, Steam sales. But uh, I know, John, you really like this uh, video game series. Are you excited uh, I've, to see? I've, o- I've only played Witcher 3, uh, which I love. Uh, and I actually went and started reading the um, the books that the games are based off of. And, uh, no, I'd love to see it as a series. There is a, um, I think it's a, a Danish book series. The writer is Danish. And there is a Danish um, TV series and movie that they did that looks really uh, bad. Hmm. So I would like to see this. I'd love to see it, even if it's um, 
cartoon or computer animated or live action, I would be interested in seeing it because the world that the writer has created is um, an interesting, you know, uh, fantasy world. Yeah, so it's a fantasy world that you follow the Witcher, uh, Geralt of Rivia, who's a monster hunter, and he basically is is kind of like a old Western character in a fantasy setting. He reminds me of like a uh, uh, like the, the lone the gunman no that name. comes to town. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? The man with no face. The man with uh, no name. Uh, the man with no the- name. Kind of like that, you know, where uh, he just comes to town. The man with no face was Joe Hex, who's also a gunslinger. I'll have oh. you know, though. Okay, yeah. So kind of, yeah, like a Jonah Hex-style character. That's that's a reference that I understand. Uh, <laughs> he just comes into town, cleans up the monsters, and, you know, maybe shags a girl or two, and then moves on. <laughs> like Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> Shagulator. Uh, Shagulator. Uh, the man with no name would be Clint Eastwood in, like, a... Uh, for a dollar, for, for a few dollars more. Uh, fistful of dollars. Fistful of dollars. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the the, the uh, archetype that I get from The Witcher. You know, not playing all that much, not knowing much of that series. Is that a, is that a true comparison? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, you definitely, um, in the third game at least, the things that you do actually have consequences later on. Whether mm-hmm. you make the choice to kill this person or you make that choice to let that person free, uh, go free, um, it will have ramifications down the line. Uh, I ended up killing a witch in the early part of the game and then when I'm trying to bring a coven of witches together to help me defeat the big boss at the end I have to explain why one of these witches can't be reached. Oh, which witch? Uh, the one in the log cabin. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember her name. They have... No, no, name. no, I was just making a joke, which witch, because you know, it was, it was there and uh, you know me. Gotcha. Can't resist a good pun. Apparently, I haven't seen any of the Man with No Name movies in a while, but apparently his name is Joe. Joe? Yeah, that's what uh, Clint Eastwood is credited as in all of them. Hmm. Now you know. Now I know. That's and you know what the... I'd like oh. to know? What would you like to know? The books that each of us are going to pick for the list coming out April 25th, 2018. All right. Chris, did you have another beer you wanted to get through now, or um, just keep going? I can. I just poured it. I can. I can go in after we talk about uh, right. traumatic reading and stuff. All right. Well, I'm looking. I'm sorry, for- I forgot. We don't talk about traumatic reading. Yeah, we don't. No. I'm looking forward to Bree Lar- or not Bree Larson. Oh my goodness, Hope Larson. I can't listen to this. No, no. Hope Larson uh, is writing. Uh, is still writing Batgirl and. Uh, I want to check up on it. It's a new part one called Strange Loop. And what gets me more interested in jumping on is uh, Batgirl has decided that, you know what? Maybe I need some time out of the keep and cowl and try to get my the rest of my life in order. So it's going to be her trying to find more of a work-life balance, which, you know, as somebody in their 30s, I appreciate. You know, work-life balance. It's, it's one of those things that uh, I want to see a superhero struggle with a little bit. So... That's what's happening, apparently, in Strange Loop. Batgirl, number 22. Mm. Yeah. John, what about you? Uh, I am looking forward to Return to Whisper, number two, coming out from Vault Comics, written by uh, Elliot 
Rahal and art by Philippe Kunha. Kaha? Hmm. Uh, this basically is the story of um, what if, like, the Goonies found all that treasure, didn't let anyone know, buried it themselves, and said, we'll come back as adults and divvy it up. Um, and then one of the people as an adult is killed and all those members of the Goonies come back together to investigate who may have killed their friend. And was it over the treasure that they had found? Uh, the first one was, um, interesting. It was well done. Uh, it was a good enough story for me to want to read number two. Hmm. It does sound interesting, and I love the Goonies, so... Uh, I would have uh, put this up for one of the... It was came out, like, two months ago, I believe, um, number one, and we had already had so many books on the docket, and that was when we double, we doubled down mm. on, uh, on our uh, look back that I said, eh, I won't bother bringing it to the table. If it keeps up, good trading policy. Good trading policy. There you go. There you go. Chris... Uh, I'm looking forward to a book coming out from DC Comics. It's a really light week for me. I only have two things coming out. So it's uh, just going to be Detective Comics number 979, written by James Tinian, with art by Felipe Briones. Uh, it's the fourth part of the Batman Eternal arc. I haven't read any of this arc yet because I'm behind on reading my books. But apparently there's an OMAC in it, so that's the thing. Mm. Mm. I didn't know OMACs were a thing after Infinite Crisis, but... There's one on the cover, and it looks like it's taking over uh, Tim Drake. Ooh. They had the OMAX series, the mullet guy, the uh, mohawk guy that John read for a little while uh, after, you know, after the New 52 started. And then after that, I think they kind of went away again. I always in, I enjoyed the countdown to Infinite Crisis OMAC, you know, the brother yeah. eye stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So is this more of that, or is this more I don't know. Oh, right. It you, looks you more like up. it, because uh, I've seen the cover, it looks more like it's one of those versus the relaunch New 52 OMAC where it was like the old school OMAC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the idea of sleeper agents that, you know, suddenly get woken up, kind of like Battlestar Galactica style. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's our list. Well, and since we're done with the list, that means it's time for only one more thing. A dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Little Gotham, number one, page nine, panel two. The only time I ever celebrated anything with the family was when Mom and Grandpa would test out the Lazarus pits by dumping dead bodies in it. That was a dramatic reading from Little Gotham, number one, page nine, panel two. I imagine that word balloons uh, Damien Wayne. So it is Damien. So I kind of wanted uh, to make him sound like a little shit. Little little bit of context. Uh, Batman's asking him, "Haven't you ever celebrated Halloween?" And then Damien says, "Hmm." And then he says, "You know what you read in the panel." And then the next panel is them fighting zombies, and it says, "Fighting off crazy reanimated zombies." Those were good times. <laughs> I forgot I had this book. It's actually pretty cute. All uh, done by Dustin Wynn. I don't know who wrote it. The key. Derek Fridolfs and Dustin Wim. Nice. If you want like a fun, just dumb like Batman read and that kind of like cutesy style, you go for it. The next page has Batman wearing like a collegiate professor like suit and cardigan and glasses explaining uh, 
what Halloween is. <laughs> I think that's the one panel too where it has Robin dressed as you know Damien dressed as Robin, um, trick or treating with his head down like it's the last thing he wants to do, right? I don't recall. Closed out of the book. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) That's all right. We have a ton of movie talk to get through. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We better. So much. I have to open another tab so I can look at the movies as we're talking about that. Yeah. And also, I got to get something on my throat to help me keep on talking. And that's why I'm drinking some more tea. And this is, uh, like I said before, this is also from Stash uh, Premium Teas. (laughs) And this is. You're giving this tea uh, too much play. Really? <laughs> this is the lemon ginger tea. It's uh, it's nice. It's got ginger root. Lemongrass and uh, ginger. He talks about it. Yeah, lemongrass. He, he teased it before. I teased it. <laughs> and now he's delivering. Yeah, I, I teased on the tea. Come on. Now I got to follow through. Uh, lemon flavor, hibiscus, citric acid, safa flower, uh, and ginger flavor. And uh, the, the citrusy lemony really comes out. I'm not getting much of the uh, ginger, though. But hopefully my stomach will. Mm. See, I look for that ginger. Nice. Mm-hmm. You got to look for it. it. You got to look for it. it you, you can taste it if you're looking for it, mostly on the aftertaste. Uh, and I'm drinking a fine filtered H2O Ooh. out of uh, one of my wedding cups. Nice. <sighs> yeah, Chris, that's, what are that's, you? Filtered, that's filtered water. Mm. Chris, filtered, you, can taste, you can taste the charcoal filter in it. Yeah. Chris, what are you drinking? Because uh, I am apparently... drinking an actual beer, like I said. I'm not sick. Uh, and this is from Southern Tier Brewing, and this is the next part of their Blackwater series, and this is Samoa This Imperial Stout. Mm, that's really uh, good. Like everything else in their Blackwater series, this is more of a dessert beer. And if you are familiar with Girl Scout cookies, and by far the best Girl Scout cookie, the Samoa, uh, you would know that this is a salty, chocolatey, caramely, uh, coconutty, delightful cookie of a beer. Um, as soon as you pour it out, it smells just like you open up a box of Samoas, or as they're called in some parts of the country, Caramel Delights, because apparently there's two main bakeries that are responsible for making Girl Scout cookies. And the one does Samoas, and then the other does Caramel Delights. Same cookie, different name. Don't know why, but hey, you learned something about Girl Scout cookies today. Uh, you also learned that you should probably find Southern Tier Brewing's Samoa this if you actually like the Samoa because it's legit a Samoa beer. It tastes spot on to the cookie. I don't know how they managed to get the proportions and everything just right, but they did it. And I thank the science that went into this beer because I love Girl Scout cookies. I don't have the ability to buy them. I never see them anywhere. I the only person I know that has a kid in Girl Scouts lives in Rochester, so I can't just say, like, hey, get me cookies. Uh, this is a nice fill-in for that void. I would pick this over their Thick Mint, which is the other kind of Girl Scout cookie one that they have, which is the mint chocolate chip one. Or mint chocolate, not chocolate chip, sorry. Uh, that one was really heavy on the mint. This one's just like a great balance of everything. Mm-hmm. If you really like that cookie, Chris, uh, E.L. Fudge also makes a caramel delight that that is uh, pretty close to the Girl Scout cookies that you can get. Stand, stands up. I might yeah. check that out. Then. Yeah, yeah. Just go down. I probably should because I'm trying to not eat so much like sugar and sweets, but mm-hmm. 
then I I drink a beer like this, which also ten percent ABV. Yeah, would not have guessed that. Wow, uh, it's be, a it's a great tasting beer. It coats it coats the mouth. It delivers all that flavor. Big punch, like it's it's uh, really fantastic. Just how much really comes through in those flavors. Uh, this is, I think, their part two of their uh, Girl Scout cookie beers. Because last year they released Thick Mint, which was their Thin Mint. Uh, wow, beer. if only I had just mentioned that when I was talking about. I know, I was just saying. <laughs> um, the only one from Southern Cheer I've had that I haven't really liked recently was their Raspberry Tart, which was like the Raspberry like sour white whatever it was yeah it's just a it's uh, a raspberry white ale i was not a fan of that at all like i picked it up think just looking back on how much i like their other like sweet dessert beers i was like oh wow like this will probably be pretty great i'm glad i just did like a create your own six pack with that one in it because the two bottles i had i only drank one of them i gave the second one to lexi uh i liked um i didn't like their they've put out they keep putting out Imperial Gozas. And they did a cherry, which I was like, man, it's just, there's no reason for this sour to be so high in ABV. And then they did a blueberry and they did um, a grape. And both mm. times I just was like, it just does not need to be I, so. I can't high. imagine a grape Goza being that good without it tasting like too like chemically like syrupy. These just had too much ABV on them. Like you really got that alcohol, and that's not what you want in a in a sour. Um, but I did show you. Uh, I sent you a picture of their one of their next beers in the Blackwater, which is a cherry cordial. Um, that should be coming out. I do, I do remember seeing that picture, and I will gladly try that. That'll be coming out midsummer, I believe. I'll drink it. Hmm. I love cherry cordials. And you know what else I'm going to be drinking in? All the movies? All of the movies that we have coming out this summer in our summer movie, Blockbuster, Bracket Buster, 18, even bracketing her to the future. Even bracketing her to the future. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm big on this one. Well, I, I, did, I didn't change it to the number. I'm keeping it as 18. We're having a time jump, guys. <laughs> The bracket's going to be completely different. It's up to you to pick up the pieces and find out what happened. Oh, it's like Lost in Space. And they were lost. And uh, there are other things I haven't seen. In uh, space. In space. In space. <laughs> <laughs> so every year we do this, uh, what we do is basically each, each uh, progressive round, we go to the boxofficemojo.com and we look at the domestic... Uh, opening weekend, then the next round we do the first full week of the box o- domestic box office. So we got the opening weekend for the first round, second round is first full week, uh, the semifinal round is two whole weeks, uh, and then the finals is the third, the t- the uh, gross for the third, third three full weeks of the movie opening. Uh, that way we can end it before September. <laughs> Because at that point, you know, it's no longer summer, and it's a summer movie blockbuster bracket buster after all. So, Box Office Mojo is where we get our numbers, and opening weekend does not include if it's a holiday. So, Memorial Day, you do not get that Monday. It's only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Those opening weeks, I know that has screwed us up in the past, especially when a movie opens up on Thursday. 
Well, I but, thought we uh, were taking the the Wednesday or Thursday. We take the opening. No, I thought, I thought I in the past years we've said we'll take the when it opens because a lot of times people will go see that movie if it opened on a Wednesday they'll see it Wednesday Thursday and then the weekend will be light because people saw it earlier because that weekend was a holiday kind of a thing hmm. I don't remember us ever I, doing that I do think we said that okay then that's what because we'll I, do I think <clears throat> I think it was kind of like the same point where you said like almost with Fast and Furious coming out in April where it's like we're hurting these movies that would be doing better because we're cutting off like the first couple of days. All right. So we'll do if it opens up on a Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even though you don't get that Saturday, I, Sunday. And I don't think any are opening on a Wednesday, but they are going to have those quote unquote midnight releases when they start showing movies on a Thursday. Oh, those midnight releases when they those get included on the yeah. Friday numbers. Anyway, uh, yeah. So. so I don't think we have any Wednesday ones, but we will have movies that'll be coming out basically on Thursdays. Yeah, but you don't. They don't get the additional day. I'm saying the fourth yeah. day. Okay, that's fine. All right, so that's that's where we are. And uh, if you want to look at our, huh, I, I should see if I can post the bracket, that blank bracket, uh, to our Facebook page. Hopefully, yeah. if I can do that soon, and uh, everybody else can play along, uh, just post post your bracket uh, underneath the this post. And I'm gonna do that now while we all know the top movie, right, John? Yep. And what t- uh, what's that? And topic? that will be Avengers Infinity War against Skyscraper. Skyscraper, uh I don't have to I don't have to talk about Infinity War. We all know what that is. Uh but yeah. Skyscraper is the rock playing an ex Marine who has one leg whose skyscraper that he works in as head of security is then taken over by terrorists. It is Die Hard with The Rock. And Ooh. one less leg. And one but less also leg. Worth no- also worth noting, Nev Campbell's in this too. And I was thinking about Nev Campbell the other day because I haven't seen her in anything. Uh, apparently she's been preparing to be in a movie with The Rock. Oh no, she was in House of Cards. I haven't watched that at all. Hmm. Sorry. You're okay. I, I just clicked over onto her uh, Wikipedia to see what she's been up to. She's been in House of Cards. So I've learned everything I've just learned know about Skyscraper right this second. Uh, I didn't realize that's what it is. The Rock, man, he I always think he's going to do well. But then he let me down with uh, Jema- with uh, with uh, the Rampage movie. I-, I thought he would make $50 million opening weekend. He only made 34.5 from what I under- what I believe. That and was from what I believe, we had a, a tilt bet about yeah, that? Yeah, we do, and I, I, ha- I have lost. And you're lucky I didn't make you drink it today. Oh. <laughs> well, that's why I stayed away from your house as far as possible. Uh, so, I, I'm going to go with Avengers Infinity War, beating out Skyscraper. Just just a hunch. I think, I think it's going to do pretty well. You know? Pretty well. Seeing as it's got uh, more... Black Panther broke the record for the most... Uh, Fandango it, tickets. For, for the most everything. Yeah. And guess what? Infinity War just did. Surpassed Black Panther for the most. Yeah. So. Yeah. There it's not, oh. not a surprise. Guess what? I do want to. What? I just looked up Rampage. The weekend gross for Rampage was 35.7 million. 
the estimates were a little off from Box Office Mojo. So we are good. We have one. You're going to take that point five. You're going to wear that as a. I'm pretty sure it had to be. It had. It, it had to be fifty. Right. 50, was it fifty? Now, now before you were like, oh, I said thirty-five, and now now it's. 50. I said thirty-five. Well, I said thirty-five, and you said fifty. Oh, I'll be fifty, and you're like, I'll take it at. I thought you said you'll take it at thirty-five. Yeah, it'll but, be uh, at thirty-five. I mean, come on, at thirty-five point five, it's still. I mean, it's still closer to me than it is to you. Thirty-five point seven. Yeah, you don't get to mm-hmm. you. You said fifty. <laughs> Sorry, but you still lose on that. Okay. I, I just looked up Rampage. I mean, it's not doing great, but two hundred eighty-three million worldwide is good yeah. for like a crappy video game box office. Uh, Disaster movie, like it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone expected it to do like fantastic. So, well, what did uh, what was that movie where it was the Rock versus an earthquake? San Andreas. How much did that do? Uh, why are we talking about this? Yeah. This is an obvious. <laughs> okay, well, here, sorry, guys. Because I already looked it up. San Andreas uh, did four hundred seventy-three million worldwide, one hundred fifty-five million domestic. Okay, it's good. So, so Rampage has done half of that. All right. Ultimately, so. like, worldwide, it's done half of it. And I mean, that was a movie that came out three years ago. So it's understandable. But I don't think anyone's going to bet against Avengers Infinity War. Unless, for some reason, people just aren't allowed to go see this movie. And that's what, like, what happens. Yeah. Uh, this, barring some weird... Yeah, disaster where all the copy, all the digital copies burn down, and nobody <laughs> doesn't actually make it to the theaters. Avengers: Infinity War, I think we'll be hearing that that be picked a lot, right, John? Yeah, I picked Avengers. All right. So next up, we have Ant Man and the Wasp versus Happy Time Murders. Uh, this is Ant Man and the Wasp is the sequel to the Paul Rudd helmed uh, Ant Man movie, which was kind of fun but i think it's on the lower tier of the marvel movie so far uh and then happy time murders i do not know anything about this is the uh brian henson directed movie this is a movie where muppets or puppets uh live in the world with people and the happy time was a kids tv show where the puppets have grown older the people who starred on it have grown older and somebody is murdering all of the puppets that start on that. And it takes a uh, ex-cop detective uh, private eye um, to, uh, puppet to solve the crime of who's been murdering these puppets. It's something that's been long teased that uh, Brian Henson has wanted to do this movie. And we're finally getting a release this year with um, pretty all-star, uh, pretty big cast. I wouldn't say all-star. Uh, um uh, McCarthy's in it. What's her name? I can't think of her first name. Melissa. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa yeah. McCarthy's in it. Um, and then uh, um, what's her name? Elizabeth for- Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Thank you, Chris. Maya Rudolph. Joel McHale. Oh. That's your star power. That's your star power. It's a full framed Roger Rapid for Muppets. I, I love the idea of this movie, and it's definitely something I will see. It's not something that I think I'm going to go out and watch though 
I think whenever this pops up on Netflix, everyone's going to be like, oh my god, Happy Time Murders, Happy Time Murders. I don't think releasing it into a theater is the best way to make this movie known and watched, because I think it's just going to get swallowed up by stuff. Uh, I, I, I could be wrong. Like, John, you're the one that brought this movie to the table. Like, there might be more buzz about it than I'm aware of, but I didn't know about it until you mentioned it last week when we were recording. I think this is one that when the trailers come out, if they do a good job with the trailer, it will be one that people will like be talking about, like, oh my gosh, it's a crime noir starring Muppets. That'd be cool. But I think you're right, Chris. I think if this came out online on Netflix or on Hulu, it probably would do the movie a better service. Because uh, it comes out August 17th, and I'm surprised we haven't had any trailers, or maybe we have, and they've just been showing on <clears throat> some stuff that like, I haven't been in the movies in a while, so maybe it's playing before things that I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen one come up online yet, so I don't think we've gotten a natural Oh, no, trailer. March 8th, 2018, the Happy Time Murders official trailer debuted um, <laughs> online. How did we so, miss that? I, I feel like everyone missed it. I, it's coming out from a distributor that I don't know, STX. Um, I just I don't think this is going to have enough presence to to be known. Uh, I agree, <coughs> and it's sad because I, I it sounds fun. I look forward to watching the trailer once we're done recording, so I could be like, "Wow, like that looks cool." But this is I think uh, Netflix fodder. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp um, having Paul Rudd be one of those breakout fun characters in Civil War and then having him in the Avengers Infinity Crisis or Infinity War, that's going to be another pull for him. And so the fact that we're getting another Marvel movie this summer, I think I think it's going to do this movie justice. It's going to have a good box office and it's definitely going to beat uh happy time murders which i'm looking up the box office for the original ant-man now and this is all coming from box office mojo which is the website that we use or i should say paul uses to crunch all these movies um of all the marvel movies this is the 27th highest grossing but then in the marvel movies it's also going to be including in stuff like logan Big Hero 6, and then the X-Men movies. Uh, So Ant-Man, it's not a top grosser for Marvel, but it is the fourth highest uh, grossing heist slash caper movie of all time, behind Inception, Fast Five, and Ocean's Eleven. Hmm. Narrowly beating out National Treasure by $7 million. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be... It's going to do well. It's going to be one of those movies that you see because you love the Marvel Universe. I don't think Johnny Public is just going to see a trailer for it and be like, oh, let me go check that out. The Marvel movies have a wide enough fan base, though, that I think this is going to do enough on its own, though. Yeah, I'm also going to pick Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, just because of name recognition. I'm hoping... I think a lot of people... Because Infinity War seems like it's going to leave a lot of questions, like, oh, what's going to happen next? What? And w- this will be the first movie after it, and I'm not even sure if it's going to deal with the fallout. 
I don't um, think it takes place. I think it takes yeah, place before it. Before it looks like right after Civil War, like maybe a couple weeks after Civil War, after get they get broken out and they're now on the run. But I think a lot of people won't realize that and will go to the movie hoping to see uh, the ramifications of Infinity War in this next Marvel movie, and they won't go back again to watch it. It won't have that, like, oh, we got to go see it again. Oh, my family's coming over. What are we going to do tonight? Oh, let's all just go to the movies and watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that's going to happen with Avengers Infinity War. But that'll get... I'm getting ahead no, of myself. I, yeah, I mean, you're a little ahead of yourself, but I still think that's worth taking into account when you think, hey, who's going to go see this movie? <laughs> um, the first Ant-Man was kind of a palate cleanser, though, too, because it came out right after uh, Age of Ultron. So I think Marvel knows what they're doing with these movies where they put out the big climactic, like, hey, here's everyone fighting against something. There's casualties. There's fallout from it. Here's an Ant-Man movie. Like, have fun. I, I see this being that same kind of way. So I, I, I think people will kind of go in expecting like this to be that palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. The, the anti-hype hype film. I can understand comic book readers, you know, because that's often what happens with comic books, too. A big event happens in the monthly, and then you got that one-shot issue, which doesn't quite deal with the fallout, but is kind of more fun and jovial. You know, it's uh, Batman and all the Robins getting together to have a milkshake. It's like that kind of stuff. Uh, Superman and Batman going out on a double date at a costume uh, carnival night. Those issues that I think we all tend to enjoy. Uh, some more than others. So, so yeah, I, I can get that. Want to keep on going down, talking about Disney. Oh, my goodness, I didn't realize we'd be talking three Disney movies in a row. They they put out a lot of movies between yeah. all of their branches. Chris, you want to talk? introduce this section? Yeah, the uh, next matchup we have is going to be Solo, a Star Wars story, the next of like their anthology, um, focusing on... Han Solo's origin story versus Sicario 2, uh, which has Benicio del Toro in it. I don't know anything else about this. And Josh Brolin. The first one was. And Josh Brolin. um, The first one um, also had uh, Emily Blunt in it. Ooh. And was a really good movie. Um, Action y kind of crime movie. and I think the the trailer for this next one looks even more actiony than the first one. And uh, they're fighting a drug cartel. That's uh, that's what they did in the first one too. And uh, again, they're fighting. A, you didn't let me finish. They're fighting a drug cartel again. <laughs> uh, Josh Brolin is like a homeland security guy, and Benicio del Toro is an ex hitman for the drug cartels who's trying to kill the people who killed his family and uh benicio del toro is just a really cool brutal guy in it um which you expect out of uh benicio del toro and um yeah i i said this should be on the list and i'm actually stuck between picking this or um or solo because solo uh, even me as a star wars fan i want to see it but I probably won't see it opening weekend. I'll probably wait to hear what people have to say about it because there has been so much talked about whether or not this is going to be a big one. 
Uh, Sicario did really well in the box office, but also kind of got that um, almost cult movie on DVD when it hit streaming, and then people were like, "Oh, we watched it. It's great. You got to see it. This is the next one. This is the next like uh, movie." People are talking about like Scarface and Boondock Saints, except Sicario is actually one you should talk about, where those other two suck. Yeah, but Boondock Saints, the second one, didn't do any big numbers at the movies either. Well, that's cause also because it's super awful and uh, <laughs> and also super homophobic. I, d- I don't think I've seen the second one. Oh, you saw I've the seen second the second one. one. You've, I've seen, you've the seen second it, Paul. One. You've seen it. I, I've seen it. I don't own it because I'm like, it's not as good as the first. The first is great. No, the first is awful. Ah. We, we'll, we'll disagree on that. We won't even agree to disagree. We'll just disagree on that. I never, I never saw the second one. I'm not a fan of the first one. I, I don't know. Just not for me. Yeah, it's a dumb action movie that I enjoy. No, I, I love dumb action movies. That's not one. Thank, thank you, Chris. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, yesterday I was thinking about the movie Shoot 'Em Up, and I was like, I haven't watched that in forever. That's a dumb action movie. I want to watch that movie again. Uh, I, I, I uh, recently wa- rewatched that uh, a couple months ago. It still holds up. It's a dumb action movie, and you're like, oh yeah, no, it's a lot of shoot 'em up stuff. Um, I, I don't even remember the first movie ever being mentioned to me. Uh, I'm gonna go solo. A Star Wars story. Unlike John, I will be seeing this opening weekend. I'm excited for it. This also is a heist movie. This is basically a train job. And then, you know, the fallout from that. I like them putting together the crew. The new trailer, you got Woody Harrelson just tossing Han Solo's like iconic blaster to him. you like, hey, here's a gun. And it's just, it's passed off as like such a, like, this happens in the moment moment. There's no gravitas to it. I like that. I'm hoping that we see... Some of those Han Solo beats that we've known just from uh, Star Wars lore come together, but it's done in a way that, hey, this is what happened at the time. Like, we just, we barely made the Kessel Run in, like, the 12.5 parsecs. I, I won the, the ship from Lando, but it's just because that's what happened. Like, they're treated as just random occurrences that they're like, okay, well, that worked out for us, and it's not some holy moment in Han Solo's life. It's just where he lucked into something. And then he had to worry about the next thing that was happening. Um, We've got a little bit more information about this movie. I don't know if you guys have heard of what happened post uh, Clint Howard, or not Clint Howard, Ron Howard taking over. Everyone knows Clint Howard always controls everything, though. Um, He's in it. He he is in it. Ron posted a picture of him in it when they were doing the sound mixing. Uh, Apparently... Lord and Miller went in with how they normally do with their comedy films, where it's like, hey, we're going to do 30 takes of the scene, like just, and we'll find out what works from it. And that doesn't work when you're doing a multi-million dollar Star Wars movie, where everything's working on such a tight schedule, and everything costs you so much in the production of it. Um, have you guys had a chance to watch the director in the Jedi not yet. I, I yeah. uh, was able to rewatch the movie once, you know, on Blu-ray, okay. but I haven't gone through the special features yet. Yeah, I, I don't. Own on, it. 
Gotcha. Um, I'll I'll bring it for you if you have an interest in watching it. That way you can check it out. Well, John can borrow it from me, or okay. John and I, we can get together and watch it. You know, uh, I don't like to hang out with Paul. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why. That's why Paul's typing. In. <laughs> that's why. That's why the two of us were hanging out this week. And we both got the stomach flu at the same time. <laughs> we're like, I, yeah, we're done. <laughs> I think a big part of why I like watching the director and the Jedi special feature that came with Last Jedi is you get so much of. Uh, oh my gosh! Why am I blank his name? Mark Hamill, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. No, uh, Ryan Johnson, like, he is a Star Wars fan, and he wants to do the best movie possible, but there's so many candid moments where he's just like, okay, so we got this done. What are we doing tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we have to fly out to Czechoslovakia for this shoot. We'll be there for a day. In the meantime, they're building these four other sets. They'll have to check on those. He's just like, jeez. <laughs> these movies have so many moving parts behind them. I can understand the people at Lucasfilm just being like, Wait, you wasted a day filming a reaction shot for Han Solo? Like, okay, we we need to like refocus on this. Yeah, I, I, I don't fault the that director switch. Uh, from what it sounds like, Ron Howard is really putting together the piece as well. I mean, and this is all just like that back channel chatter. Mm-hmm. I think this is gonna be a cool movie. I think Han Solo is gonna be probably the weakest link in it. Because even in the trailers, Alden Eric doesn't seem to have too much of a, a presence as Han. I think people are going to come out of this still being like, hey, it was a fun movie. And Lando is awesome. Because <laughs> everyone knows Lando is awesome. Well, even all the, like, the people who had all the naysaying about both Star Wars movies, um, episode uh, 7 and 8, they're still huge grossing movies, even though the Star Wars mm-hmm. nerds are like, we hate it. You know? I think... Uh, I mean, you had uh, episode seven, all the nerds going like, this is too much like the original. And then when the next one comes out, like, this is too different than the original. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I do think Solo is going to have a, a bigger opening weekend just because it says Star Wars on the title. Um, and I think that I I really was, the thing I had was like, are the people who, are maybe sick and tired of the Kitty adventure being the comic book movie kind of things. And then you're going to have this more serious Sicario action movie. Uh, or is it going to be the Star Wars? But there's too many people that love Star Wars that are going to go see this, that don't know about all the back, the background stuff that we don't. Yeah. About. Yeah. Like, there's so many more people that will just go see this movie because, hey, it's it's a Han Solo movie. Looking back at the Rogue One box office, opening weekend, that one did $155 million. Domestic Lifetime, it did $532 million. So if even half as many people go out to the theater to see it, you're still looking at like a $75 million movie. Yeah. Which that's- is going to do more than Sicario 2, and that's why I'm picking Solo, a Star Wars movie as well. No, no surprises, but I mean, yeah. it's it's all definitely worth discussing. I mean, I know I'm kind of looking at Rogue One and what Solo will be doing as almost like breadcrumbs for where we can maybe see these Star Wars stories go down the road, because I really enjoyed Rogue One. Hearing about the issues they had with that one from like a Variety article two weeks ago made me be like, wow, like they were able to put together 
a great movie. I still hold true to the fact that I think this is probably one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I, well, next up, oh, oh, sorry. No, I'm I'm looking forward to Solo. Like, mm-hmm. well, next up on our bracket is the bottom of the bracket. It's uh, these aren't. This is the part of the bracket where it's like the movies we expect to come out and maybe do you know thirty to fifty million dollars uh, opening weekend. Uh, Ocean's Eight versus Super Troopers Two. Uh, I'm a, down for a good. Ocean's Eight is the somewhat sequel to the Ocean's Eleven franchise. It's the sister of the George Clooney's character, Danny Ocean, that gets together. Danny Ocean, and this is Julia Ocean. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know her name, but uh, it's Ms. Ocean getting a group of eight women together to pull off a heist, and that sounds like fun. And then you got Super Troopers Two, which is about a bunch of cops being not really good at their jobs, but still doing their job. And so. I, they get, I don't remember what happens because I only watched the trailer for it once, but basically they get like absolved by, or not absolved, uh, absorbed by the Royal Canadian Mounties somehow. So now there are Mounties in this one. Uh, are you, all yeah. I know is uh, people go meow in that movie. And are you kidding me not meow? Like stuff like that. Like they make a lot of cat references. I don't. Get yeah, it. they do that the entire movie, Paul. The entire movie. The entire. Not movie. just once. It's not That's... just. It's not just one small scene. Wow. It's every time they say say now it's meow. Okay. It's like, well, it's like they're running gag. Uh, mm. I don't think Super Troopers is going to be able to capture lightning twice. Uh, I I will disagree with you, <laughs> but make your make your point. Ooh. I think. Um, at the time uh, when Super Troopers came out, it was something really refreshing. It was just like uh, one of those 90s dumb movies um, that really captured the heart of uh, America. I think it's really had a hard time. Uh, the Broken Lizard crew have had a hard time to do that. I think Beer Fest was definitely the only one that they were able to do to kind of capture that lightning twice. But I think it's too little too late. I don't think it's going to be as uh, big as the first one. Uh, I don't know what the first one did, but my belief that this one will do well... I hear someone clicking. Thank you for looking it up. Uh, They actually went to the fans, and this movie was crowdfunded. So they had people give them money to make this movie. I don't know what the budget for it was, but the fact that they said, hey, we want to make Super Troopers 2, give us a hand, and people responded, I think that has a showing that people do care for what they do. Maybe just because of Super Troopers, maybe because they are fans of other stuff like Slime and Salmon and Beer Fest. But they have enough comedy clout that they were able to say, hey, we want to keep making movies, and people are like, yeah, we want you to as well. I think people are going to go see it and we've kind of been avoiding uh the timing discussion but we're recording this after super troopers has already come out but we're going into it fresh just to say like oh we mm-hmm. we're not paying attention to it we want to just make these picks based on how we feel mm-hmm. i think oceans uh, 11 sorry go ahead uh, i was going to give you the numbers for super troopers yeah uh it came out in february 2002 
and it grossed opening weekend 6.2 million and the total domestic gross for the complete run was 18.5 million so wow i'm actually surprised production budget because you said you you weren't sure how much it cost it cost three million to make so okay it's if they kickstarted it an indie budget if they kickstarted it, it's roughly the the Kickstarter amount that the Batman Gotham City Chronicles got. Roughly, oh. two point seven million, I think the Batman Kickstarter raised. So right. I can see them. So I, I now knowing all this, I feel like I need to match my expectations a little bit more. I don't mm-hmm. see this being like a huge opening weekend, but I I think it's going to do more than Oceans, just because I feel like we're so far removed from the Oceans franchise now as fun as that heist movie is i think people are more likely just to go see you know the dude bros being dude bros getting high making jokes well this is this is the first uh the first one we're gonna disagree on because i'm gonna put it towards oceans uh i think people are gonna i think more people are gonna go see that because i think uh i think you're gonna it's you're gonna have you're going to have a cult following that's going to go to the theater for Super Troopers, but it's not going to get the people to really see it until it's on USA or Comedy Central or up on uh, a streaming service where people are really going to talk about it. No, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I may be wrong on this one, but this is one that I will go with my heart on. Yeah, I think I'm going more gut. I said heart, Paul, not hard. Get your head out the gutter. Come on, Paul. Be an adult. I don't even know if he's here anymore. It sounds like he's gone. I think he is. Oh, no, I thought I hit mute and I unmuted. Because <laughs> I was on mute because I was typing and I didn't want to hear, you know, have the typing come across. Uh, and then that's I half I the show. It. Half the show is typing, buddy. <laughs> that right. and arguments with your wife. I mean, uh... arguments. <laughs> Oh, I have screws in those pockets. <laughs> hey, just be careful. <laughs> I don't want to mend any up in the wash because then but I get Paul, in trouble. You're the tiebreaker on this for the oh, I already, I, I mean, already said Ocean's Eight because oh, I, okay, I'm in, sorry. I'm in for a good heist movie. But you know what's next? Is going back to the top of the bracket with Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Uh, Jurassic World, the first one, was one of the top-grossing movies of all time, and uh, we'll see if they can recapture that magic with Fallen Kingdom versus Upgrade. A movie I don't know about. John, what is Upgrade? You do know about this because we, wa- we all watched the trailer for it. Uh, uh, we did. This, okay, we I watched, immediately we forgot about it. Yeah, we discussed what movies we were going to be putting on the bracket last week after we recorded. And then I completely forgot about this movie. And now I have to go back and look at it again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that does sound cool. This is uh, a man that in an accident is um, paralyzed, I believe, from the neck down. And his wife is killed. And a doctor comes up and says, hey, I can implant this chip into your spine that will allow you to move. And he takes that and then uses the chip and its circuitry that's connected to him that can almost make him almost like uh, the chip will take over his body and will be able to do kung fu and different things for him. Uh, And it's him kind of talking to the chip almost like Iron Man talking to Jarvis in the suit and um and that that man hunting down and killing the men who killed his wife. Uh it looks like an extremely fun 
over-the-top, crazy action movie. There's a guy who's got a shotgun arm. Um, there's other people who have uh, a different things. I think this will be an unsung hero of the summer. Do I think it's going to beat Jurassic World? Absolutely not. Um, but this is one of those movies that would, if you had Super Troopers or Ocean's 8 against it, I would yeah. say Upgrade would beat those two movies. I I agree. Uh, I think I kind of was the one that argued for this movie being included on the bracket because it's coming from the uh, Blumhouse studio, which is responsible for the movies like Get Out, Happy Death Day, and The Purge. And they're good at making those low-budget movies that when they come out, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you have to see this, you have to see this. I think this will have a life, maybe not against Jurassic World, but against, like you said, John, Super Troopers or Ocean's 8. Like, I think that would be one of those ones that's like, really close and could be a bracket buster for people if they had gone up against those. Uh, Jurassic World, though, after the last trailer, I was just like, oh my god, they're making the original Jurassic Park trilogy, but they're doing it better now. Because Forgotten Kingdom, we have a lot more stuff where it seems like InGen is still all about weaponizing the dinosaurs. They're bringing them to the mainland. They get loose. You got dinosaurs in like suburban areas. It looks so much better now, though, than it did in Lost Kingdom. Or Lost World. That was the other one. Um, I, I'm looking forward to Forgotten Kingdom. I think it's going to do fantastic. And I look forward to the eventual third Jurassic World movie, where William H. Macy's the only dinosaur in it. Because he was in the third one. I don't even remember the name of the third one. Was it just three? Did it have a subtitle? I, I don't remember. Wasn't it like, I didn't have a typo on here, guys. It's not Forgotten Kingdom. It's Fallen Kingdom. So I Fallen Kingdom. For that. That's yeah. okay. I, made, I, I uh, just changed it on there because I'm like, is, is that really it? And nope, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, and I am going to also go with uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom because now that you described it, John, Upgrade, I do remember watching this movie. It was called uh, The Tuxedo, starring Jackie Chan. <laughs> and this is the gritty reboot of Tuxedo. So, uh, and I think I'd rather watch uh, The Tuxedo. Because <laughs> Jackie Chan. Because uh, Jackie Chan. Or, or The Medallion, which was the other <laughs> Jackie Chan movie like that. Where he gets his powers from something special. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just because he's Jackie Chan and <laughs> awesome. Jennifer Love Hewitt is also in the tuxedo, which she's got I think it. helps the movie. Yeah, she's got a body. Huge tracks of land. Yeah. Is that where you were going, Chris? Yeah. That's where I went with it. Um, no, I, I think Upgrade looks kind of fun, though. It's... <laughs> One that I I will see eventually, but I'm I'm gonna spend the money to see Jurassic World, mm. and everybody's going to be spending money to go see these next two movies. I don't know if that's true, but Deadpool I, two, uh, I'll see one of them, and Life of the Party, Deadpool two being the Ryan Reynolds helm, that crass superhero R rated movie that broke all sorts of records before Black Panther came out, and uh, now that's going to get to actual summertime release, and it brings apart a bigger cast of characters. We got Josh Brolin as the enemy Thanos. I mean, um, Cable. And, no, he's uh, in Sicario. Oh man, Josh Brolin. This is a Josh Brolin bracket. This isn't. It, it's the bro. Uh, it's the Brolin bracket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up against uh, the X Force uh, of Domino, 
Colossus uh, nuclear warhead teenage warhead. I don't Negasonic teenage warhead. Right. Um, Mayhem, played by uh, uh, what's his name, the big black guy. I I'm horrible. He's at He's the funny guy. People. He's in um, Chris. He's Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Oh, I really I didn't see him in this. Terry Crews plays Mayhem. They have a really awful looking Shatterstar. Uh, I just noticed that my uh, I'm looking out the window in the den here, and I see my wife on the backside of the the roof of my house sweeping it off. Didn't know that was happening. Um, uh, a bad looking chamber. Colossus looks still looks good, and we still haven't seen who I believe are the true villains: Juggernaut and Black Tom. Hmm. Hmm. But it's uh, all about uh, this kid that they're trying to save, and Cable's doing some other stuff. So who knows? Yeah, and here's the thing: I don't care who the villain is or like what the ultimate point of the movie is. It's Deadpool. It's going to be a dumb, fun action Marvel movie. <laughs> that, that's all I'm going in for. It. Uh, we talked briefly when we started recording that they put out the new trailer for Deadpool. We didn't watch it. Because we were already like, yeah, it's Deadpool. Like, we know what we're in for. Let's go for it. And then, honestly, fifty percent of those new like trailers or TV advertisements aren't anything to do with the movie, anyways. It's just Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool saying dumb and funny stuff that you're like, oh, that's fun. And now here's the clip. Uh, Deadpool's gonna get my vote, and just because it's up against Life of the Party, another Melissa McCarthy movie. Uh, where she's a older white woman doing stuff that's not age appropriate for her. Well, this is this is the uh, remake of Back to School. Oh, okay. She's going back to school with her daughter, who's in college. She's going back to college. Mm. White woman doing stuff that's not age appropriate. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Deadpool two, John. <laughs> De- Deadpool two. All right. Then we got. She, okay. I'm just saying. Melissa McCarthy. She gets no respect. No respect for me. Yeah. There you go. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. What's going to get your respect is the Incredibles 2, right, Chris? Versus the M-E-G. Or the Meg. Yeah. But it's... The Meg is capitalized, and I don't know why. But Chris can explain it's about it. A, it's Statham. It's about a mega shark starring Jason Statham. He's going he's gonna to kick that shark so hard. He's that sounds incredible. To, he's probably going to have to kick that shark and throw a gun at it. <laughs> um... Jason Statham drinking game, everyone. Oh Get yeah, in on it. Oh yeah. Um, I this is one of those movies that I don't think needs to exist. And if the Meg had gone up against Skyscraper, I probably would have picked Skyscraper. Uh, Incredibles two though, sequel to like the two thousand two two thousand three uh, Disney Pixar movie about the superhero family, argued by some as the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie picks up right where the original Incredibles left off, right when they finish beating the Omnidroid and then the Underminer springs out of the ground and they they save the day. And then we have like them usher in the new age of supers. I think this movie is going to do so well, not just because it's an incredible sequel or because it's a Disney Pixar movie. I think it just looks fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it because it looks like... Uh... Dad, like, multiplicity meets uh, 
Incredibles <laughs> because it's oh no it's Daddy not Daddy what's the one? Mr. Daddy Mom Daycare. Mr. Mom Daddy Daycare you're, you're speaking about no. Daddy Daycare Mr. Mom meets the Incredibles so I, I, it looks good I'm, I'm picking the Incredibles too John uh, I too will be picking Incredibles too uh, the Meg looks not so good. Uh, especially since like um, they make the shark look really big, and then they'll show other scenes where it doesn't look as big as it looked before. And uh, I don't know. I do not think it's good. I, I don't think it's going to be good. I think it's probably I, one of the I worst. Think it's something that sh- should have been like Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I really think that it is um, probably going to be one of the low, uh, the second lowest grossing movie on here. I think the first lowest grossing movie is going to be Happy Time Murders. Followed up by the Meg. I think it's all going to be very close on the lower half. But uh, Incredible Hulk 2, it will be. I, I'm picking it to move on. Uh, one of my favorite film franchises has been Mission Impossible. They are, I think, they're fun, dumb movies uh, that have enough interesting twists to keep them interesting for me. Uh, so Mission, Impo- uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is going up against Teen Titans Go to the movies. Uh, and you already know my pick. I'm going to go Mission Impossible Fallout. I think it's going to make more money than uh, cause than Teen Titans Go to the movies. What do you guys feel? Uh, I do believe it's going to be Mission Impossible. Um, I think you are going to see a lot of parents taking their kids to go see um, Teen Titans Go. Uh, my nephew is three, and he loves watching... Teen Titans uh, go, and my wa- my sister will probably take him to go see it. She took him to go see the um, what are the the uh, the horses with the unicorn horns? My Little Ponies. He likes the My Little Pony show. My sister took him to that, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, he's got all these little um, toys. He likes Raven the most. I was very upset, and I tried to explain to him who, <laughs> who Robin was and why he should like Robin, and he said, no, Uncle. So screw him and screw the movie that he probably wants to go see. Uh, I think Teen Titans Go to the Movies is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to get a decent turnout. Um, it's got Will and Annette and Kristen Bell in it. Also, it has Cage as Superman. I think that's fantastic. I think this is something that seems like it should have just been like a hey, Cartoon Network original movie. Like they put it out there, and then it pops up on Netflix or Hulu or something. I I, I see it being a fan favorite and having life for years to come. But I think Mission Impossible is just going to do better because people want to pay money to see uh, Tom Cruise running and jumping on planes and helicopters. He does all his own stunts. They're, he does. They, and that, they are impressive. good stunts, man. They're, they're something else. Uh, all right, so let's move on to our second round, and we'll probably be a lot quicker since we don't need to introduce any of these movies anymore. And yeah. uh, from now on, I think we're all going to steamroll with uh, the Avengers Infinity War. I have Avengers Infinity War versus Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, As do I. As do and I. I. And I think of it, no offense to Ant-Man, but it's not going to do as well as Infinity War. Just... It just can't. Yeah, there, there's no possible way for it to do that that amount of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's playing on the same fan base. It's just not going to have that double... Like I said previous, I don't think it's going to have that double or triple 
you know time go and see it i think people will go see it once in the theaters and that'll be it and paul yeah, i've still only ever seen ant-man and lost or ant-man like once i don't even own that on dvd i'm gonna have to buy it whenever we get to that for the marvel movie retrospective and paul and i both have solo versus oceans eight chris you have solo versus super troopers correct and uh yeah. i think i definitely will be solo moving on I think Solo's going to make more money, but I think Ocean's 8 is going to be the better heist film. Mm. Uh, so mm. I'm going but I'm going Solo because it's a Star Wars movie and it's going to make its money. But Ocean's 8 is going to steal more money. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be clever like Chris. Chris. Hey. You, uh, are so you like picking the- Super Troopers 2 over uh, uh. Solo? No, I have Solo versus Super Troopers. I'm going Solo, definitely over it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Star Wars. Movie. <laughs> that's that's yep. all I need to say. So we're we're going to get back together here with Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom versus Deadpool Two. Everybody has that, correct? Yep. All right. I'm I'm going to go Dark Horse here and go Deadpool Two. It's uh, I think Jurassic World's going to have a bigger opening weekend. But over the course of that week, I'm really hoping that Deadpool has a big opening weekend and then also has a stronger week. Like, they won't have as much fall-off as Jurassic World. So that's what I'm going for. Uh, I'm going Deadpool 2. I am agreeing with Paul. I'm going uh, Deadpool 2 as well. Wow. Okay. I am going the opposite. I think Jurassic World is going to stay strong going through. Hmm. All right, I have Incredibles two versus Mission Impossible Fallout. I think we all do. I, yeah, um, this is a this is another close one. I think. Uh, really? Yeah, you think this is going to be close? I think Incredibles I think two is going to make its money, make its money, and it's going to be one of the ones that only drop like thirty to forty percent during the week. It's not going to have a huge drop off from weekend to weekend. So I, I'm going Incredibles two, but I think it's going to be be pretty close. All right, I think it's going to be pretty a pretty big ups. So, you know, I think Incredibles is going to do really well. I, I think John? it's going to blow uh, Mission Impossible out of the water. All right, so <laughs> our brackets are back to being the same. We have <laughs> yep. Avengers yeah. versus Solo, uh, which might be interesting because this is Star Wars versus Marvel. But I think Marvel has more of the more of the fan base right now and i'm gonna go and this is the commun uh this is the the completion of something that we've all been you know like watching and like the comment the, the the coming together of over 10 years of storytelling so i think this is what's going to get everybody excited to go to the movies and i think it's going to do more than uh a standalone star wars movie if this was star wars episode 9 versus avengers then i would think it would be harder for me, but I'm going to Avengers. Yeah. Uh, now, this is the thought process. Will Avengers continue to keep making money? Or is everybody going to see Avengers in the first week to two weeks? And maybe Solo didn't do as well in the beginning, but people are still continuing to go to it. So it's like, hmm, where, like, where is it going to go? I can see Avengers dropping off after a couple of weeks, especially with Deadpool and Solo coming up behind them. I don't think uh, there's too many movies to fight against Deadpool and Solo in May. 
mm-hmm. and going into June. Um, but I think Avengers is going to be it, it is it, it's going to make more money up front than Solo, and it'll hold on to that title because it it made more money in the beginning. Mm. Chris, I I'm going to be an echo chamber for your statements, Paul. Uh, I'm going to go Avengers. Basically, right. everything you were saying, I was like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Deadpool two versus Incredibles two. Uh, I'm going to go Incredibles two. I as well. I think it, the, it's a weak family market this year. Uh, we only have what Hotel Transylvania three, Teen Titans go to the movies, which I think is, you know, you're saying it's going to do well with the young kids, but I think more people are going to go see Incredibles. Uh, and I think Deadpool, you know, it's a niche niche fan base. I think uh, it's going to do well, but I think Incredibles has the more mar- mar- uh, mass appeal. So, uh, For me, I had Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom versus Incredibles 2, and I'm going to go Incredibles 2. Wow, okay. So, I mean, ultimately, we end up the same, yeah, same we're... place. I mean, <laughs> it's, but it's those little variances in the bracket that always lead to someone doing better. Like it's well, never down to the wire. I think John and I have the exact same bracket. We do. I do we do. Wow. Avengers Infinity War versus Incredibles Two, and I'm going Avengers Infinity War. Just so maybe John will flip his script and go Incredibles Two, so I can win for one year. It's all, it's <laughs> it's already written down. I got Avengers because I don't think we've we've learned in the past years you don't vote against Avengers. Yeah, I also have Avengers Infinity War versus Incredibles Two. Uh, I think the real winner here is going to be the Disney stockholders. <laughs> but when it comes down to the summer movie blockbuster bracket buster, 18, even more bracketing to the future. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. Huh. All right, guys. That's our show. I did post this, uh, the Google Doc, on our Facebook page. Go there. Uh, fill out your own bracket. Uh, post away what you think is going to be the... what what are going to be the winners in your book and maybe we'll all have the same bracket except for one or two (laughs) and we have a variance of two this time i think this bracket is going to be pretty pretty uh similar to everyone Mm -hmm. which is going to make it be really close all right uh you can like us on you know follow us on facebook like us on twitter follow us on twitter i don't know which ways which uh you know email us I don't know our email address anymore because I canceled our old GoDaddy email addresses. So we'll have to ask producer Scott about that because I thought he said we did get an email address, but I don't know it. Um, so just message us on Facebook. You know, that'll, that'll work. Yeah. And rate and review us wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps other people find the show. And that's all I got. Yeah. Just listen to us. Tell people. We want more people to listen. <laughs>